Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning from the Pacific North, Northwest coast of uh, Oregon, or north, Northwest coast of the United States. I'm from the great state of Oregon here, where we are coming to you in year 26, bringing the voice of the prophets. Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm Steve Schultz, along with my wife, we founded this uh, whole thing in 1997, and here we are on April 17 of 2023, and we're going strong, and God just keeps multiplying what he's doing through this uh, ministry and this platform, and we're just very grateful that you can join us. We're so excited to have Robin Bullock uh, in the wings, ready to come on, so we won't delay. We'll just want to run one quick reminder spot uh, for what your, um, after you, after your money supports the prophetic each month, then spillover money that's by very large numbers goes into uh, especially water projects around the the earth. But um, here's the ones in Uganda. So here's a quick reminder. So here we go. And as always, we thank you very much. We, when we come back from the spots each time, they put the donate right here on the bottom. So in case you weren't, in case you missed that, it's not clickable from the screen, but you can write that down, ElijahStreams.com slash donate. You can almost remember uh, that. So thank you so much for your support. God bless you for that. All right. Time to bring in Robin Bullock. So without further delay, here we go. Robin D. Bullock, how are you? I'm Shalom. <laughs> Steve, we've got can... to get you some big rubber bands. To I put know. Around. To put these two in the... <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, so easy for that. you. Yeah, yeah I'll be about that because it's so easy to watch yeah. someone that can do it. Like, can you roll your tongue? I can roll my tongue. Can you do that? Uh, if I can, I, I don't know that I want to, Steve. <laughs> I'm feeling a little mischievous I, today. I don't yeah, know. that's yeah. up, man. That's, that's, that's uh, all well, right. How are you? I'm going to play a spot in a minute, but how, how was your weekend? And you guys are getting uh, ready to go with us to Israel, too. We are, and we're excited about it too, man. I'm I'm so honored to get to go with you guys, and and what all that you've invited me to go and do. I'm so grateful. Oh, it's going to so, be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun. This will be the biggest ever. Many of you know or remember that Cat was going to be here, yeah. and Robin had signed up to come along. We didn't announce that publicly, but uh, when Cat bowed out because she needed to take some a sabbatical, if you will, and so she said, "I, I want I want to." want to know if you guys would please invite Robin to take my place. Well, we had already thought about that when we realized wow. this was coming. So the both of us were hundred percent agreement that that would be a perfect. Cat perfect uh, and Bing are amazing brother. They they're are. just, they're just amazing people. Anointed prophets. I'm just, I'm a, I'm honored to know them, and that's the truth. You see, well, I still wear my. Yeah, I do see that. In fact, I was going to point that out. That's that's one of the tells, if you will, that you honor Cat. Mm -hmm. you you got oh, that? Yeah. I don't do demons thing from her. You guys are dear. Yeah, and she. Yeah, and this this uh, mantle too. You know, she oh, gave really? me that too. Yeah, and it's not just mine. That's why I wear it. And um, she gave me a, a. She gave Hank Kuhneman and myself this these stars. And it sits on my desk. I just haven't figured out where to put it, really. <laughs> but, but um, it was really precious to me, and and this, so this good. is very precious to me. Well, you know, a lot of people uh, they'll say, well, um, and this is not anything recent, but they'll see her tell the stories uh, many times over and over because new people are coming on, 
and they'll mm-hmm. think, well, that's a, that's the one thing she does. That is by, how do I describe it? Her anointing is far more than you see with the naked mm-hmm. eye, if you will. I mean, she carries mm-hmm. something from the Lord mm-hmm. and, uh, you know. Well, I know this, when, when, when she put this on me and gave this mantle to me, um, anointing increased in certain areas really? in my life. Oh yeah. It increased in, and just, you know, it was like areas where I, maybe she was stronger. She had a strong anointing in it began to show up in my life after that. And so, you know, that's kind of the way things work. You anointing yeah. is by association, you know, well, you know, I don't know if you you probably heard this, Hank, but what Hank Kuhneman had not did not known did not know who Kat Kerr was, and he had a dream. Was, Sunil Isaac was out there working for him. She, mm-hmm. He had worked for Kim Clement as his drummer, and then Sunil went to right. work with Hank Kuhneman. Hank Kuhneman gets up in the middle of the, or after having had a dream and goes to Isaac uh, the next day and says, "Who's this woman with pink hair? What is this about?" And Kate, he says, "I had this dream about." This woman in pink hair, and she said, just just eat cake. God wants me to make contact with her. And so he did, and she ended up out That's there speaking awesome. at least once and maybe twice, you know. That's very, awesome. Very gifted. Yeah, and, and we were out there at the same time, you know. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, that's when that's when she gave me this. I, I think it was there. Yeah. And the star, we were, Hank and I and her was all on the same stage. So wow. It was really wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep her in your prayer. She's taking some rest uh, time, but uh, you know, we expect her back one time. We don't know when oh, we yeah. don't just keep her in prayer. And she has always said how much she appreciates people praying for her. So well, Robin, yeah. we got a clip. It's three minutes or so yeah. from your speaking on Sunday, you gave this revelation. So you, you, you don't, you haven't watched the clip. So you watch it now while we play it. And I'm going to just ask you to kind of take off from there. If you, if you will. Okay. So. All right, well, here we go. I want you to know that we're about to enter into a depth of the Spirit that um, that we've never seen before. Not just here, but the body of Christ will be offered this. It's going to be a depth in God that we've never been in before. You're going to have to make up your mind, do you want that? And everyone will travel the depth of it depending on the consecrated decision they make all over the world. But we're going to be offered something in the body of Christ that we've dreamed about since Pentecost. That we always said the day will come, the day will come, the day will come. He's about to make this available in the world to every believer And we're going to have to decide, do we want that or not? Because it's finally going to be here. And it's going to face down the occult. You're going to see witches turned over. You're going to see occultic genres turned over. You're going to see things like when the sorcerer confronted Paul. Peter, different things like that. And the woman with the pytho spirit. And Paul finally turned around and said, you come out of her. There'll be times when it's going to get to such a depth that it will be said, you child of the devil, you'll be blind and not see the sun for a season. 
and it'll happen. Be Ananias and Sapphira moments, and people will explain them away on health issues. There'll be things like that. We're going to enter into a depth of the spirit that we've only talked about, but that people like Smith Wigglesworth saw coming, John Lake saw coming, different ones saw coming, and you're going to be alive to see it arrive. And so now you're going to see a clash and you'll see it and it's going to start, but we'll be in a depth of the spirit where voodoo will be confronted, witchcraft will be confronted. People will either turn or fall because it's going to be seen, but a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You're going to have to get this feather in your butt running everywhere you go. You're going to have to get it out and stand your ground. So good. Robin, talk about what you just heard yourself say. I mean, you, I've spent most of my life putting the prophets on, and we're, we're saying the time will come, the time will come, the time will come, and you're saying yeah. that's about upon us? Yes, yes. You know, I got to thinking about this too, Steve, and um, – you know, I didn't plan on saying that when I walked up on that stage. Really? Uh, if, if you went beyond that, you would see exactly what I walked up there to say. I had the Lord had talked to me about it in the middle of the night. And he said, now tell this before you tell anything else. And, um, you know, I, I got to thinking about some of that meditating on before I came on today. And, you know. Uh, the Lord said to talk about this. See, the body of Christ and what the world is doing, is they think we're, they think the body of Christ are just buffoons. Hmm. People like Noah Harari and people like that, they honestly think that we are. I mean, that, that because, you know, we don't seem to... Um, they think they're so higher mm -hmm. than, than the body of Christ because they deal in technology and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and there, if I had the, the means in front of me, I could show you a lot of what they're doing. Really? Um, it's just like this though. The, the authority lies in the hands of the body and it, and it's within us to do things like, okay. When I went down to, um, to Mississippi, I was in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and I was doing a meeting there. And, um, we were talking about, uh, Hank a while ago. I'll go ahead and tell this and, sure. and um, shows you how prophetic he is and what he picks up on. Um, you know, people wonder what happened in 2020, how did this happen? How, and, and if we don't fix if we don't fix what happened in 2020, it's not going to make any difference. What That's happened right, isn't in it? Yeah. We can't That's forget that. We can't forget that. Yeah. No, no. And it has to be fixed. Steve. Yeah. Somebody has to fix it now, but how did it happen? It's, it's bigger than just what they did to machines. Here is what happened. Now I'm qualified to talk to you about the spiritual end of it, not the other end of it. Okay, so 
I'm invited to come down to um, Mississippi with a team. All right, we come into a venue there in Philadelphia. Well, I didn't realize this at the time, but I'm standing there and I'm looking out of the venue and, I'm, and we're on a street corner. And the little street that went up in front of us is very narrow. It's like an alley more than a street. And, and I'm looking there and I didn't realize this. And somebody came and told me and very quietly, they told me they still don't talk about this out in the open down there. And so it was very discreet. And in Mississippi burning back in 1964, when those three young men went down there, a Jewish young man, uh, 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 a black uh, young man, and, and another young man went down there to organize um, voter registration. Well, when they got down there, the Klan decided that they were going to kill them. And so what they did is they, they arrested them on a pretense and they put them in an underground jail. It's halfway underground. I saw it. Oh, really? Well, I didn't know I was sitting there in the same spot. Really? Uh, yeah. And it was real eerie down there, Steve. It was real uncanny the way things felt. You just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, so I mean, like, that, is it that is it the sense that the air had a lot of demonic floating around there? I mean, how would I describe that? Yeah, it, it was very uneasy. Yeah, it was real uneasy. And um, so they begin to explain this to me. Well, the jail they put them in was just right up above me. I mean, a hundred yards and across the alley. And there was the jail. And they put them in there that night, uh, that day, and then they took them out that night and murdered them. And they burned their station wagon out and they strode the crime all over the county so it would look like it happened everywhere. And they called it Mississippi burning because of that station wagon. What happened was, is I'm sitting there uh, or there in the venue and we're getting ready for this meeting. Well, right up the alley from me across the street, was where they put those young men in that jail and they took them out and murdered them from that jail. Well, I didn't know that. And it was told to me, but it couldn't be told in public, but that's where it was. Well, right here on the left of me down the street is where Martin Luther King marched down the street. Really? There. And, and somebody, different people had dreams. They didn't know where I was exactly. And then Hank called me on the bus and I don't guess he minds me telling this it's history now, but I was on the bus. Now he don't know where I'm at. And he says, um, he said, I saw this big angel standing behind you where you are, wherever you are mm -hmm. at this moment. He said, this big angel standing behind you. And he said, you are where you are to close a portal where that controlled or that let voter fraud into this country really or oh, this goodness. voter fraud came and he said it will close the portal for voter fraud is what he said well he didn't know where i was and i didn't tell him because the lord wouldn't let me talk about it but see it was there in 1964 if you want to know what happened in 2020 it happened in 1964 Jeez. that's when that portal was opened by the clan itself and they destroyed those three young men organizing voter registration. And it was a, they told me down there 
that it was a, a Southern Baptist pastor that headed all of that up. So see, it was religion and, and political, and it was demonic spirits that came together and opened that thing. And that's how that got into this country to start with. Well, the Lord sent us down there and through frequencies, music, everything we were doing, uh, the Lord said, now I want you to close this thing and do not tell anybody what you're doing until the last service. We did two services. And he said, once you close it, get on your bus and leave. Don't hang around. So we closed that portal. And when we closed the portal, they contacted me two weeks after that. The man who headed up that whole incident down there, his house had been empty for years and years and years, no electricity in it, anything. And it burned to the ground after we Gee, left. Wow. Now, after that, you saw this voter thing start turning and all of this, it just got intensified and it won't go away. It's because we shut that portal. And to remind people or remind me, when did this happen with the, at this place or you were? Yeah, that was in 1964, I believe it was. And, and what, when, did, when were you there? What, what day uh, were you there? Let's see, when were we there? In 20, it was either 20, later in 21 or 22. Okay, so well after the election was stolen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and see, yeah. but nobody, see, you have to have, you have to have a, a way I mean, there has to be an entrance somewhere because political is the realm where spirits occupy. They occupy that because it's what controls the affairs of men. Yeah. And so they look for that control, like the prince of uh, Persia, the prince of, uh, you know, of, of Tyrus and all of that in the scripture. It's all in the political realm. That's why prophets deal in the political realm. That's why they have to be in the political realm. You know, Daniel dealt with a political, Moses yeah. dealt with a political, Elijah with a political, Elisha with a, everybody, Jeremiah, all prophets deal in the political. It's because these portals open and these demonic beings, they, they land in that realm. And, uh, and so sometimes it gets so bad that men have nowhere else to appeal to but heaven. You know, I, Robin, I, I'm not actually thinking of a particular person because I can't remember who said it, but several different prophetic ministers, again, God is my witness, I can't remember who it was, uh, would say prophets, New Testament prophets are not called to politics. They're not called to speak to government leaders. They're not called, and I don't know, I, I guess in their mind, God made a difference between the old and the new well, covenant. That's what, just that's just asinine. Yeah. The thing is, is this, the only difference between uh, a real difference between an Old Testament prophet and a New Testament prophet, because the Old Testament has the new in it and the New Testament has the old oh, in it. Oh, that's good, Robin. And, that's good. And you know, and I, you know, people say, well, the Old Testament's not for us today. Yeah, but well, wait a minute now. I think the New Testament quotes the Old Testament yeah. over 600 times. <laughs> really? And so if it's not for us, you're going to have to cut out a lot of the New Testament. And so, and so, you know, Isaiah spanned his prophecies into the New Testament, different things like that. The difference is, is I, you know, I heard it said this way. There's no way to improve on this. It's, it, it's the difference is, is grace. 
That's the difference. The difference is grace. Yeah. And so, but as far as dealing with kings, political, John the Baptist dealt with Herod. Jesus dealt with uh, uh, Herod and Pilate. You, uh, Paul, you know, and people like that dealt with Caesar. You, that never changes. It's because prophets are the, they are officers of the court of heaven. And they come into this, they're the only voice. They deal with what no, no evangelist deals with, pastors don't deal with. Prophets go into the realm of kings Gee. so that the Lord can try that king right there on the spot. And uh, just like Nathan did with David. Yeah. Nathan brought the court of heaven into David's palace because there's no one higher to go to. You know, this is just like, it has to be a bunch of people watching that goes, I've never, I know that this is happening right now. People are going, I didn't know that. I thought, you know, the Bible says prophecies for encouragement, edification, and comfort. Mm -hmm. So they put prophets mm -hmm. and prophetically gifted people all in the same lump mm -hmm. and say, well, we're only here to encourage one another, which prophetic gifting is primarily to encourage right. one another. Right. I think even the office of prophet is primarily to encourage, but we you got to get, you know, you were, you, if people had watched that whole unedited clip, we only could give you about three minutes of that a few minutes ago, but it said, you, you said something that was a crude and you said, I'm sorry for being crude, but the enemy's crude. And you went on like that. Um, but it, the, the modern day prophet, People are just hearing this for the first time. You mean really, Robin, that we're really prophets today in this New Testament time are called before mm. presidents, kings, yes. prime ministers, yes. uh, and others, I'm sure, below there on, on other levels, yes. senators, congressmen, Supreme Court, mm -hmm. uh, all That's of right. that. Yeah. That's right. And and what it is is, see, and, and here is the thing. It's the body of Christ that don't believe that, but the politicians do. Oh, really? Say that again. Most, Are you serious? Oh, yeah. The body of Christ is the ones who primarily don't believe what you just said, but the politicians believe it. You, you would be amazed at, at who I speak to, who, who believes it. And they know that God is involved. They know there's things that they just couldn't do. And, and I'll tell you what, I've had <clears throat> very important people tell me. They said they realize that there's no way this is too evil just to be in men's realm. Yeah. It's just too wicked. And um, see, see if once someone gains so much power in the political, there's nowhere else to appeal to Steve, but heaven, there's That's nowhere true. else to go. Well, you know, and I had a, a, I'll just say this real quick. I don't want to interrupt that flow, but uh, you probably mm -hmm. even know who I'm talking about because anyway, a, a, um, a Supreme Court, a state Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm talking about Chief Justice of the of of the state Supreme Court. Okay. Contacted mm -hmm. me and wanted me to put him in touch with. Uh, oh, all of a sudden I can't think of his name. Timothy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. I have a feeling you might know what this is, but but I thought, wow, a supreme a state Supreme Court oh, Chief sure. Justice. Sure. Contacted me to get in touch with the prophet. Yes. And, and so. It's because they recognize, they recognize that there's something bigger than, a, than just politics and all involved in this stuff. 
You know, um, it's just like, for instance, um, say the UN. Yeah. The UN is a stink in the nostrils of God. The UN is just, it's a, it's a corrupted, oh, yeah. stinking place. I mean, uh, well, I got a report not long ago. You know, it was the UN that did that, uh, that headed up that big deal on the Sinai summit. Oh, they where, are. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, where they had the, um, uh, the, 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 the new the new Ten Commandments is that what you're yeah talking the about? the new Green Commandments where they had a Jewish man take and and they they wrote them on green tablets. He went up Sinai, came back down and broke them. Oh my in gosh! Front of, and and so what you saw there was the birth of the new religion thereafter, and so. Um, they were there at a resort on the Red Sea and so forth and all that. Well, you know, there was a report came in from very credible report that said they employed witches, a cult, all to, to lend their power to them because they believed a portal opened on Sinai. See, and people don't see this stuff. They don't believe this stuff. But it's just like this, Steve. We have to ask ourselves a question. And, um, you know, attacks on this ministry didn't never really happen until I addressed these things I'm telling you right now. And so, uh, they, you know, they, they don't care what we talk about as long as you don't hover over the target. Oh, yeah. If you start hovering over the target, but yeah. see, see, we, uh, um, they understand this, they know what's going on. And they believe it. You have to ask yourself questions like this. If people would just ask themselves a question, okay, if they're not in the occult, then they need to fix what makes it look like they are. <laughs> That's a good statement. Okay, yeah. uh, so it's like this. Why, why did um, CERN, that big Hadron Collider, mm -hmm. why did they do such a ritual like they did dedicating that, that rail tunnel? Why did they do that? If you go back and watch that, you can't even watch that with children around because it's not only satanic, but it's lewd. It's, um, it's unclean. You, you have, it starts out underground and you have really heads of countries sitting there in suits and ties watching this thing. And they're bringing a wagon with chained people in it. You have a transgender angel that falls down from the ceiling and they're tormenting people. And they're doing all kinds of lewd acts there. And when they get through with this, they have a ringmaster announcing what's going on. And when they get through there, they stop and move them out on the platform up, up top. And then they all gather in their seats. And then here comes these people in orange jumpsuits marching up out of the tunnel. And they look like they're coming up out of hell. And when they get out on a, on a main platform, Suddenly a spirit hits them and they start simulating an orgy. They start tearing their clothes off and doing all kinds of lewd things while they're trying to break through this glass wall behind them. And this creature appears full of eyes, all full of eyes within and without. Jeez. And they're trying to break through this wall. And when some are dying, but then suddenly when they break through, this goat man comes walking out on the platform. And when he walks out, they start laying shrouds on people and they start dying. Well, the goat man is Pan. That's who it was. It was Pan. 
And right after that, could they have been showing a pandemic? Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. They start bringing this up out of hell. This wasn't a dedication. That was a ritual. That was a ritual. Now, what happened on the, the music awards the other day, a few weeks ago, that wasn't a ritual. That was a worship service. That was a satanic worship service. And I didn't watch it for because I, all that stuff keeps going on, but they had a worship of Satan, basically? Or oh, what? yeah, yeah. Even CBS came on before in their tweet and said, let's worship. Oh, are you and serious? And this, this guy who claims to be non-binary you know, and all that, and they had transgenders up in cages and, all kinds of stuff going on. They were simulating all kinds of things, but that was a worship service. But at CERN, it was an unlocking to something from the underworld. And people say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Then why did they do that? Yeah, that's so, that, your question is so simple. And yet at the same time, it's so completely probing and yeah. profound that, yeah. And I had a relative not that long ago who said, I mentioned about the witchcraft. Oh, that's not real. And it was so, he's like, shut that door. He wasn't listening to anything I said. That's not real. Well, well what is it then? Why are well, they doing it? Why are they doing it? Who are they worshiping right. if it's not real? You know, if they're worshiping a, a demonic thing, yeah. then why are they doing it if it's not real? Well, and see, that's what I say. Well, if, if it's not, if they don't believe it, they need to fix what makes it look like it. <laughs> that's the way it is. Wow. Be because when that happened and then the people started dying at the end of that thing, that ritual, this goat man sat down on the platform and these three giant headed businessmen came out and bowed to it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And so... And then all the, and then these heads of nations stood up applauding and all. What are you applauding? I mean, what is that? Well, it's amazing that that collider is built on the temple of Apollo. I mean, literally on the location. Yeah, on the okay. temple of Apollo. Oh, man. And it's underground and, it mo- and it's in a circle, a portal. And that's where the particles are fired off and they move them faster and faster and faster until they collide them. And when it does, it opens another dimension. And, and are you be, saying, Robin, are you saying it does open another dimension or they're yeah. trying to open another dimension? Well, they've got to the point where it's reported. I'll okay. just say it this way. Okay? okay. Where every time they do this, faces show up on the other side. Okay. And they see these faces and they said, if we could open it up, something may walk through it. And then they dedicate that rail tunnel that way, breaking a goat man from the underworld into the upper world. Now, now watch this, Steve. Revelation 9, and especially around verse 11, you can see where it says, a fallen, said a key was given uh, to an angel. And it talks about this as a fallen being was given to an angel, a key that unlocked the bottomless pit. And out of it came all these creatures. And it said they had a king over them in that pit. And in the Hebrew tongue has his name Abaddon. But in the Greek tongue, it's Apollyon. Oh, man, that's the exact same. Yeah, Apollo. 
And so they have that coming up out of that pit. Okay. And that's where that's built. Now, right outside their main office doors and on their in a place of prominence is this Hindu god named Shiva, the god of destruction. It's a four-armed god with cobras coming out from under its arms in different places. Now, that's real interesting. If we had time, we'll talk about that. These snakes coming up. All right. It's, it looks a feminine, but it's masculine, but feminine. And it sets outside their door, the God of destruction mm. and their facilities on the temple of Apollo. Well, it was amazing that when the WHO met, I think it was in 17, I could be wrong about the date. Uh, China was there, uh, the world health organization at the end of the table was that Hindu God sitting at the end of the table. And it was amazing to me how Obama in 2010, they put him on the cover of Newsweek. Yeah, we showed that a a year and a half ago or so. Except he had six arms and Shiva had four. Oh, that's But they called him God of all things, which is GOAT, G-O-A-T. And so it's like they're prophesying everything to come and they know it's coming. And they, and, and the problem is the body of Christ said, well, well, you know, that's not true. It's we don't really know that. We well, you know, that, that portal for the elections mm-hmm. could be opened simply by evil behavior, which is what you're sure. describing. Evil behavior sure. opened that for generations. That's exactly generations. right. Generations. They don't even have right. to have super colliders to open that CERN if they do enough evil behaviors and evil mm-hmm. worship and evil demonstrations, it will open on its own. Well, what I believe they do, Steve, and this is for a whole nother thing. And maybe, you know, I'm probably open to can of worms big time. Uh, that's all right. But, but here in that season, so go for it. The way I believe the way they have to do it. Remember when the political leader, the antichrist, the beast himself comes when he has his window of power. Remember what it says. He's a political leader. Hmm. But the mark that he issues has to be a mark of allegiance to worship. Yeah. So you have to have the political, you have to have worship so they can open the dimension and see, but they can't invite the creatures to the other side without a religious ceremony. It's the only way they can get it here. Because these are spirit beings and it takes a spirit action to do that. And that's why you take the UN, they have witches in it. They have occultic people in it. And that Sinai summit was called the largest gathering of of Christians and pagans that they'd ever seen. I mean, supposedly Christians participated in that, but I don't know if they were Christians or in in name only. Was this Yuval Yuval Noah Harari that was part of that? Well, he, I don't know that he was there, but Klaus Schwab was there. Okay, same, sort of the same thing, huh? Yeah, which, which Harari is his number one advisor. Yeah. And they call Harari the prophet. Now, watch this. Now, you got to, you got to see this. This is, if, you know, if we, if we knew, if you and I planned anything, we might have, we might have pictures and yeah. videos ready, you know? Yeah. But, but the other day, okay. 
think of this after that shooting in Nashville. Now that ought to take the temperature of a nation after that shooting. And those three babies were, were murdered and the other three adults were killed and a pastor's child was targeted. Mm. Nobody mentions the grief of that. All of a sudden, everybody is the bad guy because of the transgender that did it. Now watch this. Right after that, they started transgenders and LGBTQ and all these things, however, that whatever they're involved in, begin to post all these shorts where they're showing them with guns and they're showing them with all this kind of stuff. And they said, pray to your God. One, one person said, pray to your God for mercy, because as you can see, we won't show any. And so, I mean, and then all it went up, but here's the thing I was watching on flashpoint, uh, and I don't watch television. So if I ever see anything, you know, it'll be like there or something. And they showed this clip of this. I don't know. I guess it was a transgender. I don't know if it was a 50 caliber rifle barrel. I don't know what they had in their hand, but it was dressed as a woman. It may have been a woman. I don't know. I didn't pay all that close attention, but here's what I did pay attention to. They had a staff in their hand with something on the top of it. Really? And this person was prophesying from transgender world. They were talking about what they were going to do, how they were going to do it, how if, if somebody lays their hands on them, they would, uh, they would kill them or something. And I mean, just going on, but it was a prophet. They're using, they have their own prophets. Yeah. And the, yeah. and the political world knows it takes religion, a worship service and technology together to produce what they want to produce. And they yeah. figured this out. That's why you see that ritual at CERN. That's why you saw the worship service on the, what, what was that? Was that the Grammys or something? I don't know what it was. Yeah, probably something like that. I mean, it sounds familiar. But I'm sure they could find a picture of that worship service. And CBS said, let's worship. It was a satanic worship service. That wasn't a ritual. Well, this is no different than, than mm -hmm. Satan himself saying to Jesus, I'll give all these things to you mm -hmm. on this earth if you mm -hmm. will bow down and worship me. He's always sought yeah. for worship in place of God. Mm -hmm. right? So this is this is an ongoing modern day. Of course, the devil doesn't age per se. So he, he, he's an mm -hmm. eternal being. He's been seeking for worship since uh, since before he was cast out of heaven. He sought worship. Mm -hmm. Is this just if he can get enough people? He feels like he's got, he's won the earth or what? Well, you know, that's a, that's a little longer probably subject, yeah. but, but, but let's just keep going the way okay. you're going here for yeah. a moment. We'll just okay. keep pushing that direction. Okay. And uh, see, the thing is, is, is they, they believe it because it is real and they believe it. Yeah. The church don't believe it. So the church can't resist it. And, and what Satan's trying to do is bring about the seed of the serpent. This has been prophesied from Genesis three 15. When God prophesied the seed of the serpent, have you ever noticed that Steve, how he did that? 
Now, if if we're if we're able today to put scripture up, and we have a substitute said, team today, but we'll see if they can do it. We'll do it. If, if not, we can. You know, we can uh, read it. I yeah, can read it. Right yeah, list here. your first one, and I'll have them work on it. We'll see if they can do it. Yeah, it's in Genesis three fifteen. It's the first prophecy after the fall of the crucifixion. Okay, Michael said, "Go ahead and read it," because our substitute team is sure. That's fine. Up. Uh, th that way everybody know we we got a Bible in my hand right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Okay, what? Well, watch this. And after man, the man fell. And the Lord God came on the scene talking, speaking there in the garden. Listen what he said. He said, and I will put enmity or war between you and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the Lord God talking. He gave us no background on the seed of that serpent. None. He just said it like everybody there knew what he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, what is it? What is a seed? Is we know what a man and woman's seed are. What's a what's a? I don't know. Right, yeah. right. And he said that. Notice how he said it. He said it as if Adam understood, the woman understood, the serpent understood, because they did. He said that as a matter of fact, and he didn't bother explaining it to us either. Because it was a fact that we should know. A lot of stuff, Steve, we should know. We should have known years ago. But he's talking about the seed of a ser of the serpent. Yeah, no and, one's ever. He, I've never even thought of the question, Robin. And I heard you talking this one other time, and I thought, I've never even thought of the question. Yeah, What's and that? and most most people don't. Yeah, and uh, not that I'm, you know, not that they couldn't, but we block ourselves out from this. But the mm. whole time. Okay. Okay. It's like this. Have you got a $1 bill on you? I don't. You could look on the back of it. And if they, if they show a picture of this, I, you know, I'm throwing things out there. Yeah. You know? But, but on the back of the $1 bill is actually a prophecy. Oh, really? It's a prophecy. And this is a prophecy that they know they understand this prophecy. And they're trying to bring about a prophecy. The prophecy is uh, Anuit Coeptus, uh, Norvos Ordo Seclorum hmm. on the back. It means that Jupiter bless our endeavor or something about this one world order. Really? Yeah. And it came from the Aeneids of Virgil, uh, the Roman writer. And it was a prophecy from the Cumean Sybil that is, get this now, is a huge six-fingered, looks like a transgender giant. And so this Cumean Sybil talked about in that prophecy, that's taken from that prophecy. And what it's talking about is Saturn, uh, old Saturn's reign, which means Satan. He's talking about Satan. He's talking about Jupiter and Apollo. It says Apollo Dude. is thine own son that's Dude. coming, and a and a new race of being is coming, like a mixed race of something that's going to come into the earth. And they took that from that prophecy 
and put it on the $1 bill. And everybody handles the prophecy of the Kumean Sybil. And they know this. And they're trying to bring about the seed of the serpent. That's what the Lord God was talking about. That's somebody who did that knows exactly what they were doing. So it's some sort of proverbial or literal new race that doesn't. Oh yeah, that doesn't and currently exist, but they're trying no, to make it exist. That's what right. You, okay, that's right. And okay. if I had notes in front of me, I could yeah. do you more justice on this. Sure. But it's a prophecy of a Kumian civil. There's that. It, is it's it? I knew it coeptus, uh, a novus ordo seclorum. It comes out, and that's the all. That's the eye of Apollo you're looking at. And Jeez. it's coming out of that prophecy. Now, here is the thing. And I know I've opened a can of worms. I know that's I right. have. That's right. That's what we do here. But <laughs> so, on the ceiling of the Vatican yeah. is the Kumean Sybil. Really? It's on the ceiling. The six-fingered giant is on the ceiling that gave that prophecy. And they're given a place of prominence between the prophets. And, and this is in the Vatican? Or in like oh, which- yeah. Which which place in the Vatican? Uh, I don't know. They can look it up. I yeah. don't have everything in front yeah, of me, but sure. I'm telling you, yeah. Steve, this is this is what political people understand. You have to have the religious component for this. Is you do you you cannot bring because remember the Antichrist can't just come in marking people. He has to have their worship. Yeah, they have to receive that. It's the same word Mark, I think, that's uh that when the Lord marked Cain. And uh it's so he has to have a mark. The enemy has to have a mark on men. And it it's traded for worship. And mm-hmm. so they've realized that technology can collide particles and open up, and they say themselves they're looking for the God particle. Yeah. You know, the or yeah, I used to hear that, Robin, and I thought, well, isn't that nice? They're looking for the God particle. Once they find yeah. it, they'll know that we were all created in the image of God. Yeah, and that's not what they're doing. That's not what that is. is uh, it? Oh, no. my goodness. And, and they want to open that dimension because they believe something will step through it. And so, um, you know, I had I had asked the Lord one time, and maybe sometime we can get into this, that uh, when it got big, you know, and you know, and I think who isn't it? Uh, I think the Catholic Church on Mount Graham has the bin- binocular telescope named Lucifer, where they're searching for extraterrestrials and so forth. And all of this, well, I asked the Lord one time, I said, Lord, did you say anything in your word about aliens? Good and question. there is a scripture. He took me right to a scripture and said, translate this in Greek. I did, Steve, maybe some program we can just bring it out and show it. But it says this, that there will arrive on the earth masses of being that have great stature, but take up no space and don't have any real matter to them. This is this is a particular scripture you're referring to. Yeah. And it's and Jesus was saying it and and the words he used in Greek told that story. Are, are you, do you remember the reference for the... I'll, when we come back sometime, oh, I'll bring okay. it. I'll just bring it and show it to you. Okay. 
Yeah, because yeah, now, now, uh, now people are going to want to know where is that, where is well, that, where is that? Well, I told you we opened a can of worms. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but here's the thing. It talked about uh, weightless, massless beings yeah. that would arrive. And it's talking about spirits. There's nothing else it could be talking yeah. about. Now, here's the thing. What, what most all aliens that people talk about are is I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't even say, well, I assume you're going to say demons, but I don't know. Maybe you're not. Most everything you see. I don't know, man, this is pretty heavy. I I could get all kinds of attack on on this. Um, They are. It's high officials. They're probably, you know, you don't see a, an aircraft and say, that's an alien from another planet moving across the sky. Well, then why did you show a close up of a rivet, a rivet in the side of the metal on the wing? I mean, if, if you got close enough, it might say made in Detroit. I don't know. But the whole thing is metal and it looks man made. Yeah. Okay, you say, well, how is that possible? Well, it's technology gained from the other side. So what if people are actually performing rituals, gaining technology from the spirit world and building it now? Instead of it just being what people think it is, it's actually programs, but the technology came from the spirit world to put it here. You see what I'm talking about? Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm being a little slow. And plus, a couple of notes are coming through. People are trying to help you out. or <laughs> So I don't know if there was, someone was looking for the scripture. But um, so when you say, I, I, I guess I'm missing the point when you see the rivet. What are you saying? Are you saying people are simulating? Uh, uh, no, what, what yeah. I'm saying is, is this. A lot of the, I, I'm not saying all of it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But a lot of it you're seeing, a lot of intergalactical, supposedly intergalactical ships and things that are moving. So, yeah, what you're a lot of that, what you're looking at is there are actual people that worship the devil that know exactly how to open up portals to other dimensions and gain the technology to build it right here in our time. And there, and you're looking at, at, at demonic technology, fallen angel technology, not actual fallen angels that you're looking at, but you're looking at, it's even more sinister than people realize. Uh, Can I just put it in my own, are you saying, uh, let me just make up a sentence here, but are you saying (laughs) people are willing to worship Satan to the degree that he wants to be worshiped? He'll reward them by giving them fallen angel technology to do what, what they will with. Is it something along it's, that line? It's just like this. Uh, let me say this to you. I, there is a, there used to be a, in the, the hieroglyphs and the pictures on the ancient Egyptian walls, there is something that showed up that baffled people. Well, maybe not baffled them, but it's really strange. And they called it the boat of a million years. Hmm. And it looks like a boat, but on the end of it, on each end of it, it looks like two tornadoes. And then it looks like it has an arc 
type of the covenant, maybe mm. that shape up in the boat. And they called it the boat of a million years. And um, what I think the Tawar or Tower is another name they used for it. Mm. And what it actually is, is on further examination, the two tornadoes on each end actually look like wormholes that have been opened. Okay. And they open bending light in two directions and opening a wormhole. And they believe they could bring up uh, Osiris and different fallen beings in the underworld to this upper world. And, well, uh, you know, and I, was saying, I happened to be watching the History Channel the other day, not knowing you would be saying this today. And they were demonstrating technologically, even um, mm -hmm. Albert Einstein believed in wormholes, that there it wasn't yes. a belief. It's a scientific thing that yes. it's like space doubled up on itself. And then there's a doorway between those two. That's right. That gets you to somewhere light years ahead of where you were. You, you just took a shortcut through a wormhole. You got there. It's an actual technological understanding, right? It's like, sure. it's not sure. Just, and, you, know. you know, in Ezekiel 28, when the scripture says, Steve, how many you got off on this thing? I, I don't you know. know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in Ezekiel 28, where it says um, that talking about Satan's, it says he sealed up the sum. Yeah. It actually is trying to tell us that he is a scientist among other things that we could talk about right there, but he's a scientist. He understood what made the tides come in, go out. He understands everything, how the earth works, how it does, because he was an angel, an angelic being. And that was his position was on the earth. Yeah. Actually his throne sat on the top of what we know as Jericho right now. Okay. That's yeah. where his throne was at that time. And so, um, uh, you know, the, the Jewish, the ancient Jewish teachers teach that Satan's throne used to sit on the moon. And when, a, when the moon was full, he had his widest expression of power. And they called people lunatics that reacted to the moon when Just it was lunar, full. For lunar, for lunatics. Right. Yeah. And, you know, you will see in the New Testament, they're called lunatics. That word's actually used. And so... Um, I yeah. don't know. They've thrown this up there. You just have to react because I'm not sure what they've given me. Yeah. Is this there, anything where you are going? That. If this yeah. were you going on anything? If not, well, don't, I don't know. We we'll see. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Uh, yeah, go back to that other that I was just reading. Talks about you were cast out of the holy mountain there of God. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Now we could stop right there and, uh, and maybe go to Isaiah 14 you see, you pull and you could there. look at that and you'll find out more of what's happening right here. Any particular verse on Isaiah 14? Uh, well, there's, there's only about three or four we're going oh, to look okay. at. Okay. So let's see how long so they do. There look you go. At verse 12, maybe 12. Okay. This is yeah. one. Okay, give him a second. Yeah, we'll do Isaiah 14, maybe verse 2. All yeah, right. how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? That's Isaiah, yeah. There it is. Um, yeah, which didst weaken the nations, for thou hast said in thine heart. Let's go to the next verse. I will ascend into heaven. Notice that, Steve. I will ascend into heaven. 
showing he's below the heaven. Mm. He's on the earth. Yeah. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. He's on the earth. Mm. He's not up there. Hmm. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, because the scripture says that God's throne sits in the north. Okay. He said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He was below the clouds. He said, I will be like the most high. Now you can gather from that. We could talk about a lot of things, but, but look at just these things. He's, he's below the clouds. He's below the stars. He's in the earth and he's on his, and the Jews taught the ancient teachers taught his throne set on the moon. Well, the strange thing is Jericho means moon. That's the Hebrew word that means moon. So now you're understanding where he was on that mountain. And you'll notice when the, when the rich, uh, uh, or the scribe, the, no, the lawyer, came to Jesus and said, what must I to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what, you're a lawyer. What does the law say? What do you read in it? Tell me how you read it. It's not just enough to read it, but how do you read it? What yeah, do you read true. into that? What do you see out of that? He said, well, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, yep, yep, do that and you'll live. He said, but the Holy Ghost said, but he willing to justify himself said, who is my neighbor? So he's wanting to make himself justified, wants to make himself right. So Jesus has got to answer two questions, who your neighbor is and why you can't make yourself right. So Jesus answered him these, these things. He said, there was a certain man. Now it's not a parable anymore, Steve. It's certain. It was a certain person. He's talking about Adam. He said, there was a certain man who left Jerusalem, left his home in Jerusalem, traveled down to Jericho. He's headed down to the moon. He said, mm. on his way down to Jericho, he fell among thieves. Well, the Greek says he lighted among them. He joined them. Oh. He said he fell among thieves. They wounded him stripped him of his raiment. They didn't take his money. They wasn't after anything, but what covered him. They stripped him of his raiment, left him half dead. Well, when Adam, uh, when Adam sinned, he now knew good and evil. He was half dead. And it said he was, uh, the priest came by, but couldn't save him. That's telling us the priesthood couldn't save you. Mm, and the, Levi the Levite came by, couldn't save him. The Levitical law couldn't save him. He said, but there came a certain Samaritan in his journey, came right to where he was, saw him, had compassion on him. Watch now. A Samaritan is somebody whose mama is Jewish, but their daddy's something else. Jesus' mama was Jewish, but his daddy is God. Oh, wow. So he compared himself to that. He said, you can't make yourself right because a certain man left his home in Jerusalem, traveled down the bloody way, headed to Jericho, joined up with some thieves. They wounded him, stripped him of his covering, his glory, left him half dead. And it said the priesthood couldn't save him. The Levitical law couldn't save him. It took a man whose mama's Jewish, but his daddy's something else to come and pour in oil and wine, the anointing. And the blood said he picked him up, put him on his own beast, his own faith, 
took him to the place of comfort, to the innkeeper, the Holy Ghost, left him there and said, here is two pence. That means two days wages. He said, one day is is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. Here's enough to keep him two days. If I'm any longer after 2000 years, if I'm any longer in my return, I'll pay it when I get there. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. So he told the whole story of redemption in that story right there. Wow. Never saw that. He told who his neighbor was and why he couldn't make himself right. So now you look at where Satan's throne was and you saw the battle that took place. It's set on Jericho, and that's the mountain he was cast out of. Now, watch this close. So there, uh, what was our original thing we were talking about? (laughs) What was that? Well, we've done some winding uh, through, so I may not be able to bring you back exactly because we've wound around. Well, I I know, man, but uh, we opened this can of worms. Let's just keep on. Yeah, you know, I'm going to come back a little bit to um, sort of a combination of CERN and that whole thing on the mountain. Oh, the technology. Yeah, the technology. There you go. Yeah. Do you want to, you want to jump off from there? Sure. That's how we got to that point. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so when, when that, see, he's a scientist. Yeah. He understands he was on the earth. Yeah. That's how we got off on that. See, he understands what makes these things move. He understands what makes it all work. Now, all right, so in the world before Adam, when God was setting it in order, and this leads you to CERN. Now, this is going to lead you to what I'm talking about and things like that. When he set it in order, the Bible said when the, that, the sons of God talking about the angels shouted for joy when he laid the foundations of the earth. See, he laid it in frequencies. He laid it in sound. He laid it all in. That's why prophetic sounds have to be made and certain sounds raised and everything in the earth has a frequency. And it, it, and it's not, don't mean everything's alive, but everything has made up of matter and it has a frequency. If you can match the frequency, you can raise it off the ground as if it levitated without, without even touching it. That's how the pyramids were built. That's how all of that, the great pyramids, that's how Noah built the ark. All was sound and he, they matched the frequencies. Now watch this. So he, every time Lucifer in Ezekiel 28 would go to the earth, He'd walk up and down in the stones of fire. These are revelations of God, God's knowledge, revelations of what's coming, what's coming and what God is laying in place. He would take this revelation and him being a living instrument that he was. He had these pipes that came out of him. He had these shofars that came out of him. He had a timbrel in him, uh, timbrels like tambourines instead of a heart. He had timbrels. And he would lift himself up to the center of the earth. And he'd begin to sing this revelation and this prophetic song and frequencies would go out and the earth would adjust itself for what was coming. 
and it would lay it in. And Jeremiah 4 says there were cities here. There were fruitful places. There were all kinds of birds and animals, but there was no man. There was no man. So the day came, he's walking up and down in the stones of fire, and he discovers this bright revelation of a man that's coming. And he can't stand this mm. because it tells the man's ability, what he can do, how he's in the image of God. And Psalm 8 is a recording of the, of the, the earnest protest that this fallen being made in the courts of heaven arguing that who, what is this man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit him? Hebrews two says that's an angel talking hmm. and David being a prophet heard it. Well, when he, so he has to sing the revelation, Steve, he has to sing it because that's what he does. I mean, that's what he was created to do. And he's yeah. not a happy camper that he has to sing mm -hmm. this, right? He's about to sing. Uh, in, he's about to prepare the earth for a being he has to bow to. Wow. And he can't stand this. So if they'll put up Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 again and follow me, I'll show you the song of Lucifer about the man okay. that was coming. Now, okay. now look at it. Uh, Isaiah 14. Verse 12, start there. There you go. Isaiah says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, light bearer, a son of the morning? How, how are you cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? Hmm. So he would go to heaven, walk up and down in these stones of fire, gain the revelation. He said, How did you fall? Next verse. You ready? Yeah. He said, for you have said in your heart. Now listen to this is a song, Steve. Listen to what he's did. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. He said, I will be like the most high. That's a key. This was a song of the man's authority. He could ascend above the heights of the clouds. He could go up to where God was. He was invited to come and sit with God in heavenly places. He could do these things. And Lucifer turned the song on himself. And if you back up to the verse before where it says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. When you look at the Hebrew wording in that, he says, I will also have a back, eyebrows. He said, I will have, in other words, I'm going to have a body. Oh, I'm wow. going to be, watch, like the Most High. The stars of God represent angels. He said, I'm going to be above the stars. This was the man's song. It was the man's authority. Who is this man that you're mindful of him or the son of man that you would visit? You crowned him with glory. He's mad. So the day came, he lifted himself up and he began to sing. And the music started playing through him. And the timbrels started beating. 
And he opened his mouth and instead of singing about Adam to come, he turned the song on himself. And when he did, it was anointed. It came out in prophetic utterance. And he said, I am going to have a back and eyebrows. I'm going to have blood hide covered blood. I'm going to do this. And you're saying in the Hebrew or because that's, it's it's, that is, if you had studied the language, that's what he was saying. That's what he said in translation. All these words start showing up. He wanted to be a man. He wanted that position. And he said, I'm going to do it. But the scripture said, yet you'll be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And so when he talks about this, he sowed a hybrid seed into the earth to come to pass. It has to happen at some point, but he can inhabit a body. He's an angel. So he said, but I'm going to have eyebrows and a back and skin. He said, I'm going to do this. And so the seed of the serpent was sown at that moment. So when Adam came on the scene and when Adam fell, the Lord God quoted that prophecy. He said, I'm going to put war between you and your seed and the woman and her seed. And her seed will crush your seed's head and he'll bruise her seed's heel. He was talking about when Lucifer sowed that seed. And that's where transhumanism comes from. That's where the giants came from. They're trying to bring about this seed of the serpent. Now, take all of this into consideration and listen to Noah Harari, the one they call the prophet. Yeah. He says, we're not going to be human anymore. He said, we're going to, there'll be three different kinds. One, a straight up AI. He said, the next, there'll be non-carbon based bodies. There'll be silicone bodies. Steve, with backs and eyebrows. Oh, wow. He's going to make himself a body. He said, we're going to have non-carbon based bodies. And he said, then there'll be those who will be kind of like a cyborg, part human, part machine. And he said, it will happen. And the interviewer asked in one of the interviews said, will we be human anymore? He said, not like you think. And he said, it'll happen just like one day we'll pull down a screen and everything will change. And they call him the prophet. And all he talks about is how the God of the Hebrew Bible is not real. How the, or or how he, no, not that he's not real. Listen what he said. He said, all the God of the Hebrew Bible um, actually uh, was able to accomplish was creating organic life. I heard him spin all that crap. And I yeah, thought, why would he say that? He didn't say there wasn't a God. He said all he managed to do was create giraffes, tomatoes, and humans. Now watch this. If you listen to it, you hear a spirit talking. Whatever spirit is speaking through him was there when God created that. 
because he said all he managed to do was create this and this and this. He said, now we're going to go beyond the God of the Bible. We're going to create non-organic life. And they're going to have eyebrows see, backs mm. and flesh. And now the new AIs, they just have put in their skin sweat glands so they can really? actually sweat. And I don't know if you've seen the new giants that they're talking about making a thousand of. I don't and think one I of them. One of them, they're speaking of putting it in Phoenix. And get this, it's like 10 stories high. It's a giant man with no face. And they can put anybody's face on it they want to. If you go into a, a machine at the bottom, it'll scan you 360, put your face on this machine, on this statue, and it will talk. And, and people say, well, that's just, uh, no, no, no. It will talk. And on the base of the statue, the model they showed had a beast on it with heads, severed heads hanging off of its belt. And it had a beast holding up a man on a white horse about to eat him. Oh, my goodness. And they're talking about putting a thousand of these up. Now you start to get how the possibility of how the beast could make an image of himself and put his face all over the world and these giants. And suddenly in a non-carbon based body, Satan has back eyebrows and skin. And so this is what the Lord God was talking about when he gave that prophecy. And he notice he said it, Steve, like they all knew what he was talking about. Yeah, We're the only ones that did. I mean, I think as a believer, mm -hmm. that is, it feels like you can do some technological things, mm -hmm. like that old saying, you know, they were going to compete with God. Guys, they go make mm -hmm. your own dirt. You got to start from mm -hmm. something. That's he right, has to start right. with God's dirt, God's silicone, mm -hmm. God's mm -hmm. metal. God invented all these. God's mm -hmm. created metal. God's created dirt. God's created silicone. God's created everything. And so I, his whole argument falls apart on his face, but maybe I'm too simplistic. If you take God's materials that you didn't make. Well, no you're, not, no, you're not too simple. You're actually ahead of it all. You're ahead of the game on this thing, but you can see real quick yeah. biblically what they're trying to do. Yeah. yeah. Why else would they hold a ritual at CERN yeah. to try attempt to bring these spirits over? All CERN is, is a giant modern boat of a million years that was mm. on that the Egyptians knew. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just modern technology replicating an old thing that they used to do. Yeah. And so uh, all they're doing is genetic. Uh, they're mixing genetics. They're taking, uh, creating, trying to create transhumanism. They're, they're trying to do all of this stuff. They're trying to. Uh, and it's amazing that that sickness, that pandemic that flooded the whole planet, the whole yeah. thing that happened. Well, the thing was, notice they uh, for 10, 15 years before that happened, it was DNA samples became the 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 craze. Remember that? Yeah. 23 yeah, and yeah. me. Ancestry. Well, yeah, 23 and me, Ancestry. And before I was wiser, having listened to you. 
I probably emailed, I probably sent my DNA to one of those. I know I did because I got the report back. It almost seems like I did it twice, but I'm thinking, oh man, I didn't realize that they were gathering information on people yeah. with names. Yeah, but I, and, and also I believe they were gathering it also to, they had your name, had your DNA, but they were also gathering DNA, I believe, to see how that virus would affect. Yeah, who it would affect and how many it would affect. And think about this. So now all that all at once, the virus seems to have the same components to snake venom. It's all snake venom. And the only thing the government, um, you know, sanctioned to use again to use for it in the shot was snake venom. It was replicated venom. It was almost the same thing. And get this, the ones they outlawed to that they wouldn't let you have, they use an antivenom. And so really, really. And, and Shiva has cobras coming out from under it that was on the world WHO table and sits outside of CERN. Now, if all of this is not connected, then they need to fix what makes it look like it is. Yeah. Well, oh what about this? Now we've got all of this. And you see in Genesis 6, they were trying to create a new race. Hitler did the same thing, trying to bring about the seed of the serpent. And not only that, but now they're mutilating children's genitals. They're trying to do this again. They're trying to replicate well, everything. And not that, uh, Robin, they're on some unbelievable fast track where a few months ago we would have never seen this level of violence That's and the right. trans transgender right. stuff they've unleashed this in a program planned calendar way where they know on what date sure. this next thing is going to happen um yeah it's frightening it's yeah frightening and, and see you're absolutely right and i'll just interject this yeah. in right quick and okay. then i know we have to go but I'll interject this in right quick that, that see when Satan comes after someone or a generation or anything, he has to steal identity in order to take someone's destiny. He cannot get your destiny without your identity. You know, when the religious world came to John the Baptist, they said, are you the prophet? Are you this? Are you that? And John the Baptist, the scripture said, he, he answered and denied not. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the paths of the Lord. He said, that's me. That's who I am. And they couldn't get that from him. He, he told who he was. He knew his identity. The first thing that happened when, when Satan came to tempt Jesus on the Mount of Temptation, he said, if you're the son of God. If you're the son of God, he came after his identity wow. because if he can take your identity or take your destiny, you come into a generation and you start confusing their gender. You take their gender away from them. You start taking, they don't know if they're boys. They don't know if they're girls. They don't know if they're attack Apache helicopters. They don't mm. know what they are. Mm. I mean, there's so many genders there's talking about now and they just confuse a whole generation and steal their identity. You're about to drive a generation mad. You're about to drive them crazy. 
because they don't know who they are anymore. They have no destiny ahead of them. And some of them can lose it and just shoot up whole places. I mean, isn't that the point? They're doing it to, yes. to destroy the planet. They're doing it to destroy life. They're not being inept. They don't have bad goals. If they would, if their mother had trained them better, they'd have good goals. This is so intentional evil. Intentional, intentional right. evil. And see, yeah. they're taking identities because they are determined to bring in the seed of the serpent. Yeah. And remember in, in the scripture, when the Antichrist comes, it says that he makes an image of himself. He makes an image of himself a non-carbon-based body that it causes, that can speak and cause all those who don't worship him to be killed. Yeah. Well, this is what they're after. And it's the same thing that they've always done. They must take a generation of people. And they're, they're planning on doing this. And here's something for everybody to remember is that when forward motion, when, when going forward into the future is stopped, mm. if that ever is stopped, this is where tyranny springs up right here. Yeah. When forward motion stops. See, a motion moving forward like that into your destiny, tyranny cannot spring up in that as long as it's moving. But if it can ever be stopped, it leaves behind it a stagnant pool mm. where tyranny rises and starts mm. reigning over people at that point. And, that, and when that happens, when the danger of that happens, God, the people start appealing to heaven. Help, help, yeah. help, help the nation. The world is turned. The nation's turning from where it was when it was founded. It's clearly our declaration in our constitution is violated on a constant basis. Help, help, but there's nowhere to go higher than these tyrants. Hmm. So they go to heaven for help, and heaven sends prophets. Yeah. And all of a sudden, God raises up prophets and says, Speak, tell what heaven is saying. That's good. You know, when Jehoshaphat went out to meet the enemy, I believe it's in that story. Uh, I remember I was talking to uh, Richard Roberts one day. And Richard told me, he said, you know, I believe it was in that story. He said, when the people don't know what to do, God sent the prophet. When they don't know what to do, the prophet is sent. And so that now you know why prophets are being attacked so much. Oh, now yeah. You know, now you know why they're trying to be silenced. Because none, not one of the other offices walk in quiet what that, that office does. And it deals directly with the political. See, yeah. it's just like it's yeah. the total opposite of everything we've been told. But and I'm I love this news. I mean, this is like kind of news to me, except I've known it for a, a year or mm -hmm. two. But up until those year or two, I thought I would have thought, well, once in a while they'll talk to a, a president. But you're saying this is almost their primary mission. Oh, it uh, is. Yeah. And it's to bring a word from heaven yeah. for the people to start speaking. Yeah. See, when they don't know what they're going to do, the prophet shows up and says, thus saith the Lord, this, this, this. And the people are supposed to take that and start saying it, yeah. saying it, saying it. Because, see, we don't believe that, uh, that words actually change things. 
anymore. But this is a word planet, a word creation, a word everything. God said it was. He said it was. He said it was. He sent his word and healed them and Mm -hmm. delivered them. Jesus is the word made flesh. And so he has to send words to the people to say, to say, to say. And so a prophet brings a word for the people to say. He brings a word or she brings a word from the future. They bring a word of destiny. They bring a word from the world where there is no sin. See, in your tomorrow, you don't have any sin. That's because good. Because you, ha- you hadn't got there yet. You hadn't messed up tomorrow. So God speaks to you, Steve, from tomorrow. That's he really speaks good. to me from tomorrow. And so a prophet will actually go into the future or tomorrow and, and have a memory of the future today and tell what they remember from tomorrow. And so then you start telling it. And that's why prophets breathe the air of tomorrow. That's where they're nourished from. And Jesus acting as a prophet under the Abrahamic covenant, remember what he said to Satan on the Mount of temptation? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So you're one word behind God all the time. And God is in your tomorrow speaking and breathing. And you're to catch the air of purity and start saying it. And you bring tomorrow into today. But if the prophets can be attacked, Satan starts immediately. Shut them up. Shut them up. Mm -hmm. Because he knows the power of prophecy. He knows the power of a prophet speaking. Shut them up. Shut them up. And you can't shut them up any other way. You send the religious world to shut them up. Boy, isn't that happening? Yeah. And then if you can't shut them up that way, you send the political world to shut them up. They couldn't shut Jesus up. The religious world tried it first. They attacked him on every way. When they couldn't shut him up, the religious world took him to the political world and said, kill him, kill him. We'll back you up. Kill that prophet. We'll back you up. Think of that, Steve. Yeah, that's awful. And so they did. And, and you know that, of course, Jesus was our sacrifice that he is God in the flesh and he became our sacrifice. But notice what it said. It said he was led dumb like a lamb to the slaughter because he knew if he spoke, it would deliver him. It would deliver him. All he had oh, to do that's was interesting. Speak. Yeah, he knew he kept his mouth shut, said not a word, but he knew if he did, he'd. Yeah, you and I wouldn't could, be here. You know, they, they all, Caiaphas, Pilate, they would have fallen at their on their faces if he spoke sure. in the right way. If, he, if he'd have said, remember what he said in the garden? He said, don't you think I could call 12 legions of angels and deliver me right now? If he speaks, it's over. Yeah. And the only time he really spoke was when they came after him and he saw they were going to take his men, his disciples. He said, I am he. They all fell backward on the ground. (laughs) And he said, now, who are you looking for? The second time he asked them, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, I've already told you I'm him. He said, now, if you're after me, let them go. It's almost implying if you don't, I'm going to keep talking. 
<laughs> and you're going to just spend the night on the ground here. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's, why else would they turn Peter loose after cutting the guy? Yeah, off? they don't want to. Get, they don't want to keep getting tasered by God, right? No, they didn't know what to do with him, so he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't say anything. Remember, Herod would marveled because he wouldn't talk. Pilate said, "You're not going to answer me." He said, "Don't you know I have the power to crucify you or turn you loose?" He said, "You don't have any power over me at all." And remember, unless it was given to you from heaven, remember, uh, in other words, you know, heaven, this is ordained, but if I spoke, you're done. Yeah. You know, when Pilate came out there and said, he said, why do you want to kill him? The religious world said, because he being a man made himself God. He says, he's God, the son of God. Pilate stopped the whole thing, called him into private and said, who are you? <laughs> Who are you? It scared him because Jesus didn't do things in a corner. They, he, he healed, raised the dead, walked on water. His fame was everywhere. And Pilate thought, man, I'm not going to be guilty of killing God's son. And that's why he washed his hands. So Jesus was led dumb like a lamb to the slaughter. Now prophets are on the scene, Steve. And if we quit talking, it's going to hell in a handbasket yeah. around us. So we have to talk. And while we're talking, here comes religion. Shut up. Shut him up. Shut them up. Shut them up. They got to be quiet. Shut them up. And then if they can't, they, they take you to the governments. Let's get strength from the government and shut them up. Well, you know, Robin, it was a, is it, it's not too much of a stretch to say, first of all, the church has been trying to keep the prophets shut up for about 25, sure. 30 years, and sure. it's getting it's intensified. But at the same time, the government who has taken over all of the Facebook, YouTube, it's all government sure. controlled. They're trying to cut you off. They cut you off of sure. YouTube. They cut me off of YouTube. They're trying to silence the prophets any way they're desperate and, and you know. yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. See, that's so wise that you, and that's so perceptive, Steve, prophetic that you notice that too. Because I want to tell you something. The only reason they have the nerve to shut a prophets, the prophets up off of these social media sites is because the rest of the church backs them up on it yeah see they don't yeah. figure they have anything to worry about as long as the rest of the pastors evangelists teachers all of them back it up then they think well we can do this to them and they but they understand high-ranking government knows the spiritual world you know i've and never they, thought of this yeah. phrase until it just came into my head just now uh, but, you know, one place where you're, you can speak freely is rumble. And I never, while you just were talking, I heard the Lord say, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> I mean, it's a dual <laughs> thing. It's like, you know, there's a, I've given you That's one right. place, you're ready to rumble. But this is a call to against those uh, who have. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, what about, this, what about the tomb when the stone sealed? The Roman seal, the government seal sealed. Yeah, the son of God, you could say, because he was operating as a prophet at that moment, sealed him in that tomb. 
and yet it rumbled. The ground yeah. rumbled. Yeah, it did. And the stone yeah. was rolled away. That's so good. So we have well, to recognize the time we're in. Totally. And presidents don't seem to do it. And leaders don't seem to recognize it because they're surrounded. Now, everybody needs a pastor. Yeah. Everybody needs Bible teachers to teach them. We need evangelists to win the lost. You need apostles to establish uh, and correct doctrine all over the world and anywhere else God sends them. But when it comes to surrounding a president or a king, it should be prophets that surround them. It's prophets that anointed kings in the, in the scriptures. Yeah, it it's prophets that confronted kings. It's prophets that took them out of office. It's prophets that did that, not the others. Can I ask you a question? Because uh, I've been sure. holding this to the very end, and you just said a line, and that's my that's my entry point. About somewhere in the last number of months, maybe as, as much as a year, but maybe less than that, mm. you prophesied one thing, and you said, and I I, I don't want to try to quote you exactly because I'll say it wrong, but it was something like, God says regarding Biden, if they don't remove him, I will remove I will. him. I mean, do you want to, uh, has God shown you anything more about that? Because we're at, Did we're you know, at, go ahead. Do you know in one form or the other, I'm visited with that. The Lord will bring that up in my spirit from time to time. That prophecy is still going, brother. Okay. I mean, you have to remember, and the difference in the Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets is grace. Yeah. It's grace. You know what? Um, you see some of it, like with Hezekiah and, and um, uh, Isaiah. He came in as an Old Testament prophet and said, get your house in order. You will surely die. Thus saith the Lord, you will die. But on his way out, Hezekiah repented, went to the Lord, said, remember my righteousness, not my bad works. Remember mm. what I've done right. Yeah. And he stopped Isaiah out out front and a new testament prophet suddenly emerged oh isn't that interesting never thought he came in and said the lord says you have 15 more years oh wow and grace was applied so people say well you know you said biden this and that you know what would aren't you glad the lord don't deal with everybody (laughs) according to to law in those old testament law because most of us wouldn't even be here that's true. You know, so the difference, but the prophet's role hasn't changed. It hasn't. It's just grace and is applied. And we're, we're in two different roles. Okay, you've got, um, you know, you, you've got, uh, say, when Agabus came to Paul in the New Testament. Now, look how a prophet deals with an apostle. How about that? A prophet comes to the apostle Paul and he said he took Paul's uh, sash from around his waist, tied his own hands and feet up with it. Now that's a, he did a real uh, uh, focal, a real sight prophecy, hands and feet, Yeah, tied his own hands and feet up. How'd he do that? And he ties it up. You know, Jesus did a, a sight prophecy with that whip. Yeah, that whip was made out of flax. People don't know that. 
It wasn't, he didn't just start beating people up with, with leather. It really talks about it. So he, this is he, a real torturous whip you're saying? No, it was flax. It was. What, I don't know what flax is. Sorry. What it's is food? It's okay. like so. so it was just, soft. Are it, you saying? Yeah, it was an it was an object lesson. Okay, it wasn't that it was a really he wasn't really whipping uh, people. Well, it. it all points to it was just more like uh, it wasn't. People say, well, it wasn't hay. No, but it's like that. Cool. It was, okay. All right. It was it was animal food. Okay. Soft. <laughs> Something to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, we could look it up. But anyway, it was a, a an object prophecy, you know, like laying one of the prophets laid on one side for so many yeah. days, and went back and lay on the other side, and then the plumb line, remember, and the the wash rag that was buried, and then it was taken up, and then it was, you know, well, um, so he comes to Paul. This is in the New Testament, and he says. Whoever owns this sash, they're going to bind him in Jerusalem. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And he said, the Holy Ghost says this. Paul said, they begged Paul not to go. Begged him. Paul said this. He said, why do you want to break my heart? Yeah, I remember that one. Weep and make this ado and break my heart. He said. I am not only ready. Now, here was the answer. It wasn't the will of God that he go on in there and do it like that. He gave him a choice. You can die now or you can die later. He said, I'm ready to not yeah, only be bound. I, didn't, I think he said, didn't he say, die. I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering? He was like ready to just completely bleed, yeah, he, bleed out, basically. He was done. Yeah. He said, you know, before he thought about leaving. Yeah. And they said, he said, for me to go and be with Christ is far better for me. But to remain here with you is better for you. And he must have made up his mind while he was talking because he said, for your sake, I've decided to stay. But then later he said, I'm Paul the aged and I'm ready to go. I've run my race. I've done it. So who was controlling Paul's life and death in this earth when he would leave, when he would stay? Paul oh, was. Yeah. Well, wow. but a prophet came and told him. And so you see a prophet's role in the New Testament to a believer is if they see something terrible about to happen in a believer's life, a prophet can, will come on the scene and say, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen to you if you do this. People say, oh, that's negative. That's bad. No, he's trying to save his life. Yeah, he was telling the truth as, yeah. So, and Paul just, and on that one, because we could do a whole sermons about that, yeah, but Paul, sure. by his choice, said, I don't care what you just prophesied. Mm -hmm. I'm going ahead. Yeah. Basically, he's basically saying thanks, but no thanks. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, that. He rejected it's right. the it's word. Like, yeah. It's like the Lord gave him a choice. Yeah. He gave him his choice. Do you want to go or do you want to stay? He said, for your sake, I've decided to stay one time. But then this time he said, now I'm ready to go. But he said, there's one thing I'm going to do. He said, he see, Paul wanted to speak to Caesar. 
Okay, that's good. Before he left this earth. And he did. He surely did. And people say, well, they cut his head off. Yeah, but they didn't do it publicly, which ought to tell you something. Is that true? I didn't know that. Well, they said they, you know, they cut his head off, but it was in a private place, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, you would think it would be witnessed and Josephus would have reported right. it as the historian. For the, you know, you know, if they, if, the, now this is if. I may be wrong if, on Josephus. That may have been after Josephus' time. Yeah, it, I don't yeah, remember. It, Josephus was after that time. Okay. But okay. here's the thing. But if they cut his head off, Steve, I believe he was already dead when they did it. Yeah. It's why they did it in private. Because, you know, Paul said, I'm ready to go. And how many times did, did you read where Paul said, I've left my body and already went over there and looked at this. And I've, I've come over here and looked at that. Yeah. He just left. And other times he didn't even know if he'd left his body in the body, yeah. out of the body. I don't know. God knows. <laughs> but if he had been living, breathing and talking, Caesar would have surely cut his head off in front of everybody to make an example out of That's it. That's really good. But well, you know, Robin, there's uh, in church history, there are people that like in the Celtics, they, the Celtics, they would write these books about, or these mm -hmm. stories would be about the thin places on the earth where mm -hmm. there was such a closeness between heaven and earth. And that there are some of those Celts or Irish um, St. Patrick's and those type that would, I don't know what how he died, but they would then say, it's my time. They'd go lean out against a tree, lean against a tree in the building and give up their spirit. And they went home. There were people who literally died that way. So that's my time. I'll see. I'm going to go over there. And they yeah. went home. You know, the authority of a believer is so vast yeah. and so big that no wonder the scripture says the passing of the saints is precious in the sight of the Lord. It does say that. It really talks, it's really saying to us that it's between him and them. And he don't bother to tell you what the conversation that happened with them either. Mm -mm. He don't bother to tell you how that took place because it's private between them. And so people say, well, you know, they're guessing. God did this. No, no, it's precious to him. And he don't guard his reputation by telling you who, what he did, what happened. He just, you just have to believe that God is absolutely good. Yeah, that was years ago when I read those with different eyes and ears, precious yeah. in the sight of God is the death of his holy ones or something like that as mm -hmm. it goes. Uh, I don't even know where that scripture is, but it's, I think it's maybe Old Testament. Uh, do you know, do you remember? Uh, I don't remember I don't where it is. It yeah, precious in the sight of God is the death of, his, uh, of the saints or his holy ones. It, I mean, mm -hmm. that's a totally different view of death. We think of death as this place to grieve and mourn and oh, but God's you know, looking it, forward to that day. Yeah, well, it actually means that it's when you really get down to it, studying that scripture, it means it's it's between him and that person. That's good. It's none of your business. So precious so and personal, like highly, Paul. highly personal. Yeah, you know, it's just like Paul. You know, the Lord had already given him a choice. It's up to you. What do you want to do? I'll, I'll tell you this, Stephen, on, on that, since we're just yeah. saying this is something. I, a, a good friend of mine, his grandmother told the story to him of his mother, of her mother and her uh, and his aunt, I think it was. And 
the mother had died. Uh, this grandmother's mother had died and her and someone else went in there and they tried to, you know, make it where they could go in to see the body. And this was a long time ago. And she tells, she told the story his whole life. And, uh, it says, yeah, it's in, in Psalms. Psalms one sixteen fifty in there. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thank and you. so he, he goes in there or she goes in there. Now she'd been laying back there 20 minutes, 25 minutes. This was in my friend's grandmother's mother. So that's how long ago it was. And she's laying back there and they go back there and stand around her. And all of a sudden she does this after all that time, she goes <gasps> and starts talking. And when she opened her mouth, she said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for letting me come back. And so that my, my family could see not to grieve and mourn over me. She never looked at them. She didn't even look at them, but she came right up in her body. There was a conversation between her and the Lord on the other side. And she asked to come and suddenly she woke up in her body and took a big breath and yelled out and said, thank you for letting me show them not to grieve that I'm happy where I am and closed her eyes and left again. Oh man, I got goosebumps all over. That's amazing. The authority of a believer is amazing, Steve. I mean, no wonder Lucifer was so threatened and jealous and hateful. Yeah. He wants to be a man. He's always wanted to be a man, but he can't be a man. He wants eyebrows, back and skin, but he can't be one. He wants Ron, flesh covered crimson. You feel like uh, praying for the folks as we close sure. out here? So be honored. Yeah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone watching mm. right now, Lord. Yes, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you will reveal their identity to them, Lord, mm. so that their destiny will come into clear view. Yes, sir, I'll tell them that. Mm. The Lord prompted me to say this to, to everyone when we start talking about that. Remember, Steve, when, when uh, Peter said, Jesus said, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? In Matthew 16, uh, Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. As soon as he said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus looked at him and said, and you are Peter. You're Petros. You're a fragment of the Petra. You're a fragment of this rock. So this made you solid, made you rocky. He said his identity was revealed to him hmm. when he said who Jesus' identity was. As soon as he recognized Jesus' identity, Jesus recognized his identity and showed him. So everybody that's listening to us now as we close, go before the Lord. If you're not saved, get saved. Ask him to come in your heart. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. Confess with your mouth that he's Lord. You'll be saved. If you are saved, go before him and start saying out loud, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You're my king. You are savior. You are Lord. And when you start telling him his identity, he'll reveal to you yours. That's so good. And once you know your identity, Steve, your destiny is open to you like a big door at that point. That's huge. 
That's Hallelujah. huge. So, Hallelujah. Wow. so I, I just pray for the people. Acknowledge yeah. who that who he is so he can acknowledge who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Robert, thank you so much. Uh before we let's see, before we get out of here, we will remind you that Johnny Enlow will be will be with us tomorrow. Uh, so it's a wow slam bam, uh, two uh, Monday Tuesday. I don't know who's Wednesday. Where I tell you that right now, but those those are the two I know so much. So, Robin, thanks again. Uh, we will you, see you friend. very very soon. In days from now, we're going to be in uh, Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv. Yeah. And, Hallelujah. Uh, by the Sea of Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee. So How about it's going to be great. Oh, Yvonne, Yvonne Atiyah is on Wednesday. So, and then Yvonne will be with us in uh, Israel, too. She'll be on the flight that you're on. So she's oh, he's a wow. regular guest. You don't you probably don't know her that well, but uh, she's a regular guest, um, and she'll be on that flight with you. You'll probably see her in your section of the plane. So. Hallelujah. That's all awesome. right. God bless you all. Have a great God day, bless. and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, Robin. Shalom. Shalom. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.